I like nonsense. Fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. It's a way of looking at life through the wrong end of a telescope, which is what I do. And that enables you to laugh at life's realities. Not only is that one of my favorite Dr. Seuss quotes, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. If you've ever spent much time with me, know me, or heard me speak, you can probably see why I like that quote so much, because it's not only what Dr. Seuss does, it's what I do too. We would like to thank Mike McClintock, who not only brought us this episode, but brought us Dr. Seuss as well. Did you know that Dr. Seuss was this close to becoming a dry cleaner? This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Am I the only one who's ever wondered why Dr. Seuss was so shy around the camera when his books were so full of so many wild, loud, colorful, extravagant characters? It it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Dr. Seuss was bold, and, and yet when it came to the camera, he was very shy. He was considered a recluse by many people. But did you know why? Because there is a reason. It's sad, but yet it's a legitimate reason. You know what I say? I say we blame the President of the United States. Because <laughs> that's what we seem to do. I mean, it's always the President's fault, right? Unless, of course, you know, if the person that's in office is a person that you voted for or belongs to the party that, that you support, then, then we get mad at when people do that. But if it's the other person in office, boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, seriously, whether it's Bush or Obama, Clinton or Trump, does it get us anywhere to blame them? I say we should spend more words supporting our leadership, whether it's local, national, or even universal. I don't agree with everything any of our presidents have done since I've been alive, but I still do my best to support them. Support doesn't necessarily mean you agree. Uh, My wife doesn't agree with everything I do or try to do, (laughs) which is probably good. She's smart, right? But I'm so glad that she still supports me, even though she doesn't necessarily agree with some of my opinions or thought processes or where we'd even like to go to eat. But she still supports me. That means even more to me. When she supports me, when she doesn't agree with me or my opinion, it just values me even more. And it makes me rise up to become a better husband, a better human, a better leader. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Uh, By the way, if you have any ideas or thoughts about things that we have said on the podcast or would like any topics you would like for us to try and tackle, uh, comments you'd like to leave, just send me an email at yostevo at happylife.studio. Yostevo, S-T-E-V-O, at happylife.studio. We would love to get your opinion and your input and uh, we want to do we want to do podcasts on topics that that you're interested in. We're in this thing together. Anyways, this time this actually was a president's fault. 
and the Boy Scouts too. Seriously, Stevo, <laughs> you're trying to tell me that the reason Dr. Seuss was a recluse, the reason why we can't find speeches or videos of him is because of the Boy Scouts of America and the President of the United States. <laughs> Are you crazy? Yep, that's what I'm saying. And not just some average run-of-the-mill president. But the Teddy Roosevelt. That makes me feel good. Because even heroes make mistakes. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt was the man. He's a very famous president. And in fact, we talk a lot on here about how one person doing one little thing can make such a big difference. But truth be told, sometimes we can make a difference by not doing something. Some people can make a difference simply by shutting their mouths, by stepping away from their keyboards or their phones when they are angry, which is exactly what Teddy Roosevelt should have done with Dr. Seuss. And in the same way that Teddy should have said nothing, Dr. Seuss's Boy Scout commander should have done the opposite. It was actually his silence that hit Dr. Seuss so hard. In fact, I believe that that even with Teddy Roosevelt's poor choice and his bungling effort that he did to affect Dr. Seuss, or actually Theodore Geisel at that point, in such a negative way. But I think that would have all been reversed and even gone in the positive direction had the Boy Scout commander actually said something. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But first, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to imagine what our world would be like without the writings of Dr. Seuss. I mean, first of all, I think about all the memories of reading his books when I was just a kid, <laughs> man. And then, then I, I start thinking about all the memories I have of reading them to my own kids, which was even, I think, greater than when I read the books when I was a kid. But imagine something else with me. Imagine what our world would be like if we had more than just Dr. Seuss's books. If we were able to dive into more of Dr. Seuss, if we actually heard him speak at our graduations instead of being quoted at them. I mean, imagine TED Talks with a Dr. Seuss in them. <laughs> I mean, that there would be so many talks out there about that. I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, his books are so wonderful and, and what they've done, and they, they've, they've made a difference in, in so many people's lives. He's internationally known. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But there's also a part of me that I would love to hear him talk. Imagine if we could hear his voice, feel his heart, get into his head. I mean, look at our world with just having his writings. Imagine if we could have even more of the doctor. So what am I talking about Mike McClintock and Teddy Roosevelt and the Boy Scouts of America? Let's get to Dr. Seuss's story because it's a good one. Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel, Theodore Seuss Geisel was a grandchild of immigrants from Germany which was very difficult around the time that Dr. Seuss was growing up because they were in the midst of World War I. And Teddy Roosevelt wasn't really big on Germany. So it wasn't easy for an immigrant child from Germany to grow up in America at that time. So when they started asking people to sell war bonds and started the Boy Scouts that he belonged to start a competition to sell war bonds, um, I think that Theodore Geisel saw that as a great way to make a point, and he went crazy. 
He was one of the top sellers. His grandfather alone bought $1,000 worth of war bonds. At the end of their competition or whatever, all the Boy Scouts and the community gathered at the local center there, and the president of the United States himself showed up to give away the awards. Theodore Geisel was one of those boys. The problem is, is only nine awards were given to uh, Teddy Roosevelt to give away. And Theodore Geisel was the 10th Boy Scout. So when Theodore Geisel steps up on the stage and Teddy Roosevelt doesn't have a reward to give him, you know, Teddy Roosevelt had this saying, speak softly and carry a big stick. And that's a great quote. However, I'm not sure Teddy Roosevelt knew how to speak softly. I mean, he always spoke loudly. He was always making a statement, and he was always doing it pretty boldly and and gruffly. So when Theodore Geisel steps up on the stage and Teddy Roosevelt has no award to give him, I don't know if Theodore Roosevelt was embarrassed or if he was just being Teddy Roosevelt, but... He should have thought more before he did this because boldly and gruffly and loudly, he looks down at Theodore Geisel and says to him, what's this boy doing up here? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine, first of all, the intimidation factor to be in a room with the president of the United States and then to have him give you an award, what that would do? I mean, that was the point, right? I thought it was a brilliant idea to give these awards out to these boys that have sold so much for war bonds to help support the war. And Theodore Roosevelt, he was no teddy bear. I mean, he was big in presence and he was bold in presence and he he could be very intimidating. And so when a kid walks up there and he's expecting to be rewarded and instead he gets this booming chastisement, What's he doing up here? And I'm not, I don't think that Teddy Roosevelt was trying to degrade Theodore Geisel, but nonetheless, that happened. And sometimes it isn't what we say, it's how we say it. But worse than that, his Boy Scout commander did the opposite. His Boy Scout commander was on the stage with Theodore Geisel when Teddy Roosevelt said, what's this boy doing up here? And you know what the Boy Scout commander did? I don't know if he was embarrassed or what, but he just ushered him off to like, hurry, let's get off the, let's get off the stage real quick. Cause it was probably embarrassing for him. So number one, you have a guy saying something in a manner that he shouldn't have said it to this, to this kid. And secondly, you have somebody doing the opposite who didn't say something they should have. I personally believe that if that boy scout commander would have stood up for theater Geisel, if he would have said, Oh, I'm sorry. He sold this many bonds himself. He's, he's one of the recipients I think at that point, Teddy Roosevelt probably would have said, oh, son, we'll make sure we get you an award then. And I think that that would have actually been even greater than if he would just give him an award in the first place. I think his Boy Scout commander standing up for him and saying he's up here because he deserves this would have turned Teddy Roosevelt around in his mentality, right? And I think the president would have said, well, I'm sorry, son, we'll make sure we get you that. If that would have happened, I think we not only would have read Dr. Seuss's books later on in life, I think we would have heard Dr. Seuss as well. I think the opposite would have happened. I think instead of becoming a recluse, I think he would have became a speaker that traveled on and spoke everywhere. I think he would have been quite a bit different in his personality. And that concerns me a little bit because I think about all the times that I have said something I shouldn't have said, or I said it in a way I shouldn't have said. 
I was stressed out. I was in a hurry. I was angry. I remember at one point in my life where I felt like I was yelling at my kids every day. I was always being negative to them. And I was, and every night, man, I would feel guilty and, and convicted, I should say. And I would walk upstairs and I would tell the boys, man, daddy is sorry. I'd sit on the side of their bed and I'd take a few moments and oftentimes with tears in my eyes. And I would just say, would you please forgive me, daddy? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. And I know that's not an excuse, but please forgive me. And I remember one night I had this long discussion in my head. I'm not going to go up there. I'm not going to say I'm sorry to them. I'm not going to. Well, why not? Because I can't keep doing this every night. I can't yell at them and then say, I'm sorry later on. I just can't keep doing that. And I felt like God was speaking to my heart at that moment. He says, as many times as you blow it, you're going to fix it. Think about it. Every time you fall down, you get back up. You only get back up because you fell down, right? And I felt like God was saying to me, you'll do this as many times as you fall down. You're going to stand back up again. Now get up there and tell your boys that you're sorry. And I think of all the times that I said things in ways, and even maybe even on the podcast, even when I've spoken places, I've been excited, I've been uh, lit up, I've been angry, I've been intense, I've been whatever, and I said something maybe that was right, but I said it in a way that I shouldn't have said it. And I also think about all the times that someone was making fun of someone, and I just joined in along with it. I didn't make fun with that person, but the, I stayed there and nodded my head, or I might have laughed with them, and I didn't stand up and say, hey, I kind of like that guy. I think of all the times I didn't say or do something that I should have said, and I think Happy Lifer, it doesn't take a whole lot to make a difference. Sometimes just not saying something just shutting our mouths is going to make a difference. And other times just kind of standing up for and sticking up for somebody, putting your arm around somebody, high-fiving them when someone else just badmouthed them, whatever. It doesn't take a whole lot to make a big difference. I mean, it's powerful and amazing that just one person's voice and one person's silence could shut up a voice like Dr. Seuss I'm also amazed and thankful that Dr. Seuss didn't quit altogether. He may, may have become a recluse, but he didn't stop writing the books. And Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss, that was amazing that, that you kept working through that. But think about this. Dr. Seuss almost never was Dr. Seuss. Now, Theodore Geisel would still exist, but Dr. Seuss wouldn't. The Dr. Seuss that we so affectionately know today was this close to becoming a dry cleaner. Those were his own words. <laughs> Don't get me wrong now. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being a dry cleaner. Unless, of course, God made you to be something else, like he obviously did for Theodore Geisel. Dr. Seuss, the children's author, changed me. Dr. Seuss, the dry cleaner, would have had no impact on my life as far as I could imagine. And I love the fact that Dr. Seuss may have let them silence his voice, but it didn't stop him from writing. I mean, he could have stopped altogether. And if it wasn't for Mike McClintock, he would have. Who in the world is Mike McClintock? That is the question. And that is also the point. Dr. Seuss, did you know that he was rejected by 27 publishers? 27 publishers looked Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel, in the face and said, you can't write a book. Your books aren't worth the paper that they're written on. 27 of them rejected him. 
<laughs> and I think it's very important that that we don't fall for the for the star mentality, you know, where because I mean, if Dr. Seuss were to show up to a publisher today, um, people would take his stuff in a heartbeat, right? Because we already know he's already proven himself. Sometimes we fall for the wow factor, like how many likes does a person have? How many views did that video get before I'm going to watch it, before I'm going to comment on that quote? I don't take the quote on its own. I, I wait to see how many people have given it attention, how famous that person is. The Bible is very clear that you don't treat people that are famous differently. You treat people that aren't famous. And truth is, we're all famous. God gave us all a heart and a mind and a voice, and we all have something worth sharing and needs to be shared. Truth is, I think we should treat everybody like they're famous, kind of like Mike McClintock did. So after being rejected 27 times, leaving the last publisher who rejected him, he's walking down the sidewalk. And he said, if I would have been on the other side of the street that day, I would have become a dry cleaner. Those were his words. But he was on the side of the street that Mike McClintock was on, which I find amazing because God is a master architect. There's no way he's going to walk down the other side of the street because God had a plan for Dr. Seuss, and God was going to do everything he could to get Theodore Geisel to become the Dr. Seuss that he created him to be. In fact, the whole term Dr. Seuss came from Theodore Geisel was the editor for his school paper, and he got fired from that because of something that he did. And so he started writing as Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so it's it, it just how all these things add up in life. And sometimes things happen to us. We get rejected. And Dr. Seuss got rejected 27 times. I mean, we hear the stories about Michael Jordan. hear the stories about Abraham Lincoln. But all this rejection does something. And, and God is going to make sure that we come across the people. We just got to keep our eyes open. And so... As he's walking down the sidewalk, dejected and ready to just become a dry cleaner, he comes into Mike McClintock, who is a college buddy. They went to school together. And wouldn't you know it, Mike McClintock just happened to get a job just recently at a book publishing house. <laughs> they sit down and talk. Three and a half hours later, Dr. Seuss is signed to start writing children's books. <laughs> I mean... Because of one person who said something they shouldn't have in a way they shouldn't have, that affected Dr. Seuss in a huge way. And you have one person who didn't say something, who didn't stick up for him, who was, a, who was in his life. And, and I want to be that person that sticks up for people. I want to be the person that, that when I say something I shouldn't say, I say I'm sorry. I want to stick up for people. That's, that's who I want to be. And because of this one person, one person's voice and one person's silence changed Dr. Seuss, but another person's voice also changed him back. Who is Mike McClintock? He's the one who made Dr. Seuss, and we'll never hear about Mike McClintock, but if there wasn't a Mike McClintock, there wouldn't be a Dr. Seuss. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the other Dr. Seusses out there that are waiting to be born, all the theater geysels out there that are waiting to be made into Dr. Seusses. They're just waiting for Mike McClintock, and I think that's what we happy lifers, that's our job. I think sometimes we like to be the big deal, but I think the big deal is the little deal because... Dr. Seuss, I mean, you look at the impact he's had on this on this world, and it only happened because of one person who happened to just be standing on the sidewalk or perchance meeting, but it wasn't a, an accident. It wasn't just a chance meeting. God set that whole thing up. I'm convinced of that. Dr. Seuss, you think about it. Of the 20 best-selling children's books of all time, Dr. Seuss had six. 
There were 11 Dr. Seuss TV specials, and two of them won Emmys. His books have been translated into 20 languages. Dr. Seuss has authored over 60 books. He created over 400 political cartoons. Dr. Seuss's books have inspired $400 million grossing films since his death, not to mention a theme park in Orlando. He's sold over 200 million books worldwide, 300,000 of them every year around graduation time, particularly, Oh, the Places You Go. That book and all the, the graduates that have been inspired by that book and lives have changed and their paths have gone a little bit different because they read that, that book that was bought for them on their graduation. All that happened because of one man. We could have had more of Dr. Seuss, but we didn't because of one man, because of one man's voice and another man's silence. Two people, because of their action and inaction, shut one of the most influential, powerful, motivational, funny, and entertaining mouths of the day. However, in the same venue, just one person, because of their action, gave us Dr. Seuss. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. And you will be happy too. Because unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. I hope that helped. Thanks for listening. Steve Ace.